Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, called The Lord Disciplines Those He Loves. Now, when David committed adultery with Bathsheba and ultimately murdered Uriah, what did the Lord do? Before you spoke the word, David, you were forgiven, said Nathan to David. However, the child born from this illicit relationship will what? Die. Now, what did David do? Did David say, oh, yeah, right. Forget about it. No, David was overwhelmed. He said, man, I've sinned. He went into prayer and fasting. He wouldn't eat. He got on his face before God. Who knows if God will be uh, gracious, but God did take that child. And we believe that Psalm 51 and Psalm 32 are written in the wake of that whole thing where David takes some real stock of his life. And he says, create in me, remember, a clean heart, O God. I need you to work in my heart because I have messed up. I experienced Psalm 32, your heavy hand upon me. And God's hand of heaviness was not upon David because he didn't love David. He called David a man after his own heart. Later on, David numbered the, uh, the troops in Israel or the people in Israel. Second uh, Samuel 24. God did not want him to do that. And so when it was all said and done and God confronted him, God said, I'm going to give you the choice of what your punishment's going to be. And God laid out some things to him, and, God, and David wisely said, I, I don't want to choose, you choose, God. Have you ever done this with your child? Okay, let's talk about your punishment. It could be A, B, or C. Tell me what you want. And your kid's going, <laughs> right? And daddy, you choose, because they know daddy's a softie, right? <laughs> don't regard it lightly. David would never forget the hard lessons. You know, in 2 Samuel 24, when he let God choose, 70,000 Israelites died in a plague as a result of David's disobedience. We must be careful. We never sin in a vacuum. And when God deals with us, sometimes others are affected around us. That continues to be under the sovereign hand of God, no doubt, but yet it can be something very heavy and something that comes from the hand of God. The second part of it is God says don't uh, faint under that discipline. Don't be so overwhelmed when you're disciplined that you, you check out. And so that's where it becomes important using the human analogy for us parents to have a balance in discipline. Uh, I like to call it loving discipline. Hopefully I can discipline my sons and I have three of them and we've gone through all of this stuff. They're growing uh, rapidly and each one of them is different, so I have to mete out uh, discipline in different ways as a dad. I have to be sensitive to their personality. I have to be sensitive to the situation. But I have to tell you, there have been many times when I've got it wrong. There have been many times when I, I, I quickly said, You! I know! And, and I was wrong. I later found out the story, and, and I disciplined the wrong way. I, I, I took it out on the kid that really, he was innocent. I'm imperfect as a father, but what I do know is my Heavenly Father is perfect. 
And so when he brings discipline into my life, I don't want to be so overwhelmed that uh, I get out of the race and I don't want to deal with it so lightly that I'm not contemplative about what God might be trying to say to me. So I'm trying to find that middle place in my spiritual journey as his son to say, God, what are you saying? I want to be sensitive to this situation. I want to know if you're speaking something to me that I need to hear. I want to have my heart open enough to say, search me, O God, as David would later pray. And if there be any wayward, wicked way in me, then get it out of my heart and lead me, remember, in the everlasting way. You see, discipline by nature is relational. Anyone who bothers to discipline a child has some sort of relationship with them. Now, hopefully, it's healthy discipline. But there have been many times, and I've heard wiser men than me say, you know, after you deal with a child, you ought to hug them and let them shed their tears and then talk about the situation. How many times have deep situations of discipline brought out a depth of relationship and learning in that child that never would have happened had that not occurred? And we've seen the models, have we not? where we see a child who gets absolutely no discipline and they are a walking nightmare. Now I'm using extreme examples here because none of us are perfect parents. But we've all seen it. The kid is in charge of the parent. And you're just thinking to yourself, would you take that kid aside and just give him one swat, apply the, <laughs> the board of correction to the seat of understanding, do something, Right? And we've seen it. And sometimes, you know, it's easier to see it in others. And I, I want to be careful here. <laughs> it's either easy to see it when someone else is not doing it correctly. Now, there can also be an unhealthy extreme. And I think this is what our society has been saying, you know, where spanking has almost become criminalized. <gasps> right? It's like, oh, come on. There's so many proverbs that say if you spank the child... He or she's not going to die. As a matter of fact, they're going to grow and they may not embarrass you later if you deal with them now. Now those whom the Lord loves, verse 6, He disciplines. And He scourges every son whom He receives. If you have the NIV, it says, because the Lord disciplines those He loves and He punishes every, everyone He accepts as a son. See, as a child of God, God's wrath is never on me, but his rod is sometimes applied to me. God will never condemn me, but God will correct me. We sometimes say, I will never be condemned, but I am often convicted of my sin. And that's one of the ways I know I'm a child of God. I can't get away with it because my father loves me too much to let me get away with it. That's one of the little uh, secrets of the Christian life that we usually find out later after we've become Christians. I, I tried to do this again and so, there was a little check in me now that's heavier on me. What's going on? And then Christians who have been around for a while say, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those well-kept secrets. We don't, we don't usually tell the beginners that one. right? But it's for our good. It is for discipline that you endure God deals with you, verse 7, as with sons. For what son is there whom, the fa whom his father does not discipline? Tom Landry, the famous football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, was reputed to have said, the job of a coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to be what they've always wanted to be. Close quote. 
We could use the coaching analogy because sometimes a coach will push you and he'll push you and push you to uh, places that you didn't think you could go to be where you want to be because we as human beings will often do the minimum. Let's face it. We will do the minimum to get by. You will find some kids who are on the field that oftentimes, you know, they're the go-getters, they work hard. But for the most part, unless you encourage the group, unless you try to get them past thresholds to be better, they won't do it. That's what a spiritual coach does. That's what a father does because fathers are the ultimate spiritual coaches. We're trying to get our sons and daughters to grow. We want soul growth. Psalm 119, 67 and 68, David says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. Uh, You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. And then he says in verse 71, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Turn to 1 Corinthians for a second. A few books back, 1 Corinthians 11. Bill uh, read this during the communion time and stopped a little bit before this text, but I want you to see, you remember in the Corinthian church, and this was corrective discipline, people were showing up to what was called the love feast, where they would often include the Lord's Supper, and there there appeared to be literal wine, because some people were getting drunk at the love feast. And there was food and everything. And so people were showing up early. Others were working and had to come later. And people were going to the the table where the food was and they were piling it on and piling it on and drinking the wine. And when other people showed up, people were drunk. They were, their tummies were exploding. And they had, it had been all about self and all about self-indulgement, indulging. And so uh, here he says in 1 Corinthians 11.31, but if we... Uh, if we are ju- if we judge ourselves rightly, excuse me, we should not be judged. Thirty-two, First Corinthians eleven thirty-two. But when we are judged, we are what disciplined by the Lord in order that we might may not be condemned along with the world. Why does the Lord discipline us? The people were out of control at this love feast. They were getting plastered. They were eating all the food. There was no consideration for the community. There was no consideration for the essence of the message here, which is the cross and about self-sacrifice. And so uh, Paul says to the Corinthian church, guess what? God's going to deal with you. And he's going to deal with you so that you might not be condemned along with the world. You guys are doing stuff out of order. Turn to the book of Romans. One book back. Romans 5. Look at verse 3. Romans 5 verse 3. After Paul assures us that we're in Christ by grace, he says this, Romans 5.3, and not only this, but we also exult or rejoice in our tribulations or sufferings. Knowing that tribulation or suffering, Romans 5.3, brings about or produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. How many of you have been through a trial, a close call, a sickness, a difficulty, whatever it might be, and it totally got your attention and you went to a level deeper than you had ever gone before with God. How many of you have experienced that? A close call, seeing somebody else go through something and all of a sudden you began to take some stock of your life. You were going through some tribulation or some trial 
And here's the truth. When you do, it produces something. It produces perseverance. And perseverance will prove or shape your character. And proven character will bring not disappointment or despair, but guess what? Hope. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Deeper than you had ever gone before with God. How many of you have experienced that? A close call, seeing somebody else go through something, and all of a sudden you began to take some stock of your life. You were going through some tribulation or some trial. And here's the truth. When you do, it produces something. It produces perseverance, and perseverance will prove or shape your character and proven character will bring not disappointment or despair but guess what hope and hope does not disappoint romans 5 5 because the love of god has been poured out within our hearts through the holy spirit who was given to us how happy is the man whom god reproves job 5 17 so do not despise the discipline of the lord Whoever loves discipline, Proverbs 12.1, if you turn back to Hebrews 12, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. <laughs> Proverbs 13.1 says, a wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to a rebuke. And Proverbs 13.18 says, poverty and shame will come to him who neglects discipline, but he who regards reproof will be honored. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Sometimes someone will tell you something hard, not because they don't love you, but because they do love you. There have been times when I think each one of you have risked a friendship, uh, maybe something that you saw going on with a coworker, and you said something because you saw disaster coming. Jesus said, if you see your brother's sin, go and reprove him privately. If your brother listens to you, you have won your brother. What Jesus is saying in Matthew 18, which is the classic text on how to do this, is you go to him privately and you say, man, you're standing on the train tracks and the train's coming, brother. I love you too much. You need to look at this. If your brother listens to you, listen to Jesus, you have won your brother, the essence of the language, you have saved him from further harm. That's the idea. Story. 
A Norfolk Southern train was rolling down the rails of Indiana at 24 miles per hour. Suddenly, the conductor, Robert Moore, spotted an object on the tracks roughly a city block away. Initially, the engineer, Rod Lindley, thought it was a dog on the tracks. Then Moore screamed, that's a baby! The baby was 19-month-old Emily Marshall, who had wandered away from her home while her mother planted flowers in her yard. Lindley hit the brakes and Moore bolted out the door and raced along a ledge to the front of the engine. He realized there was no time to jump ahead of the train and grab the baby, so he ran down a set of steps, squatted at the bottom of the grill, and hung on. As the train drew close to Emily, she rolled off the rail onto the roadbed, but she was still in danger of being hit by the train. So Moore stretched out his leg and pushed her with his leg out of harm's way. Moore then jumped off the train, picked up the little girl, cradled her in his arms. Little Emily ended up with just a cut on her head and a swollen lip. This story comes under the heading, God's Loving Kick. Don't you love it? There have been many times when that's been exactly what's happened to spare the child. I remember some years ago, I've told the story before, that we were in our front yard and we were fellowshipping with some friends at the church, leaning against the car, just shooting the breeze on a Sunday afternoon. My three boys and their children were, I live on kind of a a decline and uh, it goes down a pretty good grade. And so the kids were coming, going up to the neighbor's mailbox and they were getting on skateboards and scooters and they were coming down the hill and as they came they were going right past us where we were talking and then they would veer off into the grass and crash into the grass as kids will do you know they're stopping themselves with their sneakers and you know burning rubber and all that stuff and uh, they're having a great time well my middle boy was just learning to ride a bicycle and he decided i'm going to step up today with all the other kids around no training wheels for me right so they went up to the next mailbox and down came Nathan, my middle boy, on a bike. Well, as he came through on the bike, all the kids were screaming and, and it seemed like they were just having good fun. But we heard this scream that did not sound like a joyful scream. It was a... And he had one of those moments where he had forgotten how to stop the bike. And just everything just kind of went blank on him. And the steering wheels were doing this, and he was shooting down our hill. And he didn't know how to stop. So all of a sudden, Pastor Michael, sensing the moment. Have you, how many of you have seen the $6 million man? This dates us. But all of a sudden, and there went Pastor Michael, right? I'm chasing this boy after he's gone, and he's picking up speed as he goes down the hill. Handlebars say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And my heart's going boom, 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 right? He had this little tank top on, and as I'm going, I'm realizing this bike is quickly moving away from me. And he was headed down to the next neighbor's uh, driveway, and there was a mailbox and some treacherous stuff in there. And so it was the moment of truth. And Pastor Michael reached out. I grabbed the edge of the tank top and ripped him off the bike, and he was going like a yo-yo like this. And I think I got some of the skin on his back and everything, and he boom, 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 and grabbed him. The bike crashed into the mailbox, and, you know, and he was in my arms. And so then I realized, being the age that I am, how many things I had injured as I ran after him. Heel, knee, hip, and I went up the the hill like this, right? Because when you have that adrenaline pumping, you don't realize, no, all bets are off. My singular focus was that boy, right? And making sure he didn't crash and blow up his head or whatever. 
That was pretty picturesque language, wasn't it? Sorry. If you are without discipline, verse 8, which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. See, the good news is if God does this to you, it means he loves you. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? The NIV says, how much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Contrasting God the Father, uh, the Father of our souls with our human fathers, the father, fathers of our flesh. Discipline. It happens because God loves us. Fathers, Ephesians 6.4, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The whole term discipline, from a big picture standpoint, has the idea of not only uh, correction and preventative stuff, but it also has the idea of education, training, the cultivation of the soul. Discipline your son, Proverbs 19.18 says, while there is hope. Uh, and do not desire his death. Proverbs 23:12 says apply your heart to discipline and your ears to words of knowledge. It's so important that we understand why God does this and here's the reason ultimately verse 10 for they human fathers disciplined us for a short time while they had us under their roof if you will that seemed best to us to them but he God disciplines us for our good that we may and I, and I want you to underline this or highlight it, that we may share His holiness. Come just as you are, but God will not leave you that way. You've been listening to The Lord Disciplines Those He Loves, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, 4-11. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station. If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, the next section ahead of us talks about roots of bitterness that can spring up in our hearts and defile many. And maybe you would say after listening to this broadcast today, you know, I've got a a root or two or three of bitterness in my heart and they keep springing up. And I'm doing that old thing where, you know, (laughs) I've said this a few times in this particular section ahead of us in Hebrews, you know, I kind of weed whack the top of the, the weed, but the root's still there and you know, I know it's coming back because I haven't really dealt with it. How do you deal with root issues? How do you um, pull up the root so it doesn't keep springing up? You know, pulling up a root is a little harder work. And what that may mean for you is it may mean some time where you talk to a pastor or a good Christian counselor, where you, you know, get some guidance on how to deal with a root issue and actually move on from it, which will take probably a little bit of help from someone who can guide you, who has some spiritual maturity. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It could be a good, solid Bible study leader, trusted Christian friend. Ask the Lord to to guide you, but that is how you can deal with root issues and you can move forward 
in forgiveness, putting it behind you once and for all. And we've been telling you about the opportunity we have in Oahu, Hawaii, to broadcast daily on that station and impact the people in Oahu. Why do we want to do this? Well, we want to spread the ministry as far as it will go. And we have an open door and it's going to take more monthly partners. And it's actually going to take 125 people committing to $20 a month. Would you be one of those people? It's really four people a day for the next 30 days or so. What will happen is when you go to the website, you'll see the Hawaii uh, opportunity right there on the homepage. You'll be directed on how to set up reoccurring giving. And of course, if someone says, I'll do 40 a month, then that you know is going to get us closer or whatever you can do. A one-time gift would be wonderful as well. Uh, we've been doing this uh, to let you know that the opportunity is there. If we don't let you know, then there's no way um, you're going to know. So there it is. Go to walkintruth.com. It's probably about the amount of money that you'd spend on a sandwich for yourself at lunchtime. A sandwich and a bag of chips and a drink. Probably 15 plus dollars anywhere you go. Uh, could you commit at least that amount to Walk in Truth on a monthly basis? That would be awesome. And that would give us the opportunity to walk through this open door. Walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, 4 through 11, called The Lord Disciplines Those He Loves. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.